Hello, I'm Alan Lidsey, and welcome to the CFA UK In Conversation podcast. Uh, this is the show for investment professionals all about issues, interests, and insights in today's pro- profession. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking to uh, Christian Hunt. He is the founder of Human Risk, and it is a behavioral science consulting and training firm specializing in the fields of risk, compliance, conduct, and ethics. He's based in London. So Christian, thanks so much for uh, joining me today and talking to the the members. Um, Good to see you. Likewise, pleasure to be here. Um, So uh, let's start off with a nice open question here. Behavioral sciences, at least as it applies to finance, and at least as I understand it, it tends to focus on the investment side of things. You know, often it makes us question uh, some of our bad decision-making habits and perhaps reinforce uh, other good ones. The obvious lead-off question for you then is, how does five months of mostly working from home, sometimes in the same room, cause problems? Uh, or, Or is it actually a good thing sometimes so I, I look I think it's a it's a great question uh, because it's been a fundamental force to change on people and whenever changes are forced on people you get good things and you get bad things and we know this from other situations uh, people often talk about sort of um, character building experiences and I think undeniably this has been character building for all of us on the one hand we've been forced to adapt a whole host of new habits now some of them may have been familiar to us in some form we've probably all worked from home at some stage but we haven't been forced to work from home constantly and it hasn't happened in in this kind of enforced way for everybody at the same time and so i think you know we can see some really positives that people have developed new ways of working new ways of doing things but also there's there's some negatives i mean the very simple fact that we are communicating with other human beings through screens is not something that is natural for us. We're often working in environments that may be optimized for part-time working, but we never thought about our home office as being, if we did, we have one, as being the place we would work for the whole time. So I think on the plus side, it's enabled us to try new working patterns, new ways of doing things. It's exposed many processes and thought processes as being inefficient, but equally it's required us to do some quite challenging things, balancing home and work life, working in environments that might have been suboptimal for longer-term pieces. And we've above all missed that interhuman connectivity that we all rely on because we are naturally social creatures. So I'd say it's a, you know, it's a, it's a real mixed bag. Hmm. I, and I would say my experience has been, from in my job, it's actually made us more organized <laughs> as a group at the Lexcom at the FT. Um, okay, so presumably, though, there are some elements of distraction and stress which are removed when you don't have a whole bunch of people talking around you and walking past you. But does that, and does that perhaps improve our performance? I think there are aspects of, of performance that have definitely been enhanced. I mean, we are presuming here that, that people have space where they can work quietly. You know, there will be many people who are sitting in, you know, their bedroom is their office and it's the only space where they can escape from their housemates. That's a very different scenario to you have your own bespoke home office. But I think there are some advantages in being able to concentrate, to focus on things, to, you know, particularly to work out what's important to us. I think ethics has really raised its head in an interesting way throughout this situation as we've we spent more time at home. We spent more time probably with our family and with our with the people we live with. 
and that's been very positive, but it's also set the frame very differently. So I think, you know, it, it's really sort of thrown us into a situation that's that's given us situations that are hugely beneficial. You know, no commute, I think, is hugely important and beneficial for some people, but equally the ability to get away from home, the ability to switch on and switch off. When does work start? When does it finish? Those lines are being much more blurred. So I think it can be, it can be incredible on the one hand and extremely problematic on the other. So to paint it as being all beneficial or all negative would probably be wrong. And of course, each of us has experienced this very differently. What it's meant for you is different to me. And even if you're doing the same job as someone else, you'll have a different set of circumstances. So what we all take away from this is some shared experiences, but some very unique personal ones as well. Mm. But of course, um, CFA UK members uh, are also involved in other important areas of investment, including uh, risk management and compliance. And I know, uh, you know, what advice do you have for those working in, in these areas? This is, I know, a specialty of yours. Yeah, so I, I specialize in looking at how compliance and risk and, and any other sort of loose, what I'd listen to, control functions. So this includes things like HR and audit. Looking at those pieces, the biggest challenge within your role, you might not realize this, is influencing human decision-making. Um, organizations, for example, can't be compliant of their own accord. It's the people within it that determine that. So compliance is, for example, the business of influencing human decision-making. And so what we're seeing here really is, is, is there's an interesting piece because the, the population that you're trying to influence, the risks that you're trying to manage have been slightly different in this environment to the normal one. So, so my advice really is to anybody that's sitting in a, in a role where you are responsible for influencing others, you might be a line manager, you might be a risk manager, uh, is really to think about the dynamics that might have changed and how can you adapt your approach to that? Because techniques that theoretically worked well in the office, and often they didn't, of course, but we thought they did, mm-hmm. may not be suited at all to this remote working environment. And so one really has to adjust that. And I think if, if you just pretend that it's business as usual, then you're likely to miss a trick. So I think it's a great opportunity to identify processes when it comes to influencing other people that work well and identify the ones that don't work well where you could perhaps have alternative ways of doing things. But you yourself, you're having to work away from your normal regime. And so what has this done for your perspective on behavioral issues? Have you you picked up on some of the stress that maybe some people are feeling at times they get cut off from the bigger group? Or, or are you feeling more relaxed than ever? I don't know. I mean, I know you are probably a small um, one, one, one man band or two man band. But how do you so, feel about it? Yeah. So look, it, it's, it's been fascinating for me because my model historically has been to go out and work with clients and, and the digital offering, if you like, was, a, was, was secondary. So I would attend people's offices, do all those things. And digital was the, the, the Sort of second string. It's really flipped. It's it's on its head. Uh, my primary means of communication with people is now digital. That has given me tremendous opportunities to work much more globally. Um, I used to work for a, uh, a bank, and so I'm used to working in a global operation. So I now have clients ranging from you know Australia through to the US. I can service all of them uh, at all times. So it's been a, it's been a really positive thing, and I've probably spent more time engaging with people in different cities and different countries than I than I ever had done before. What I have realized is that there are some really important aspects to how we communicate digitally. Uh, you know, the video becomes critical, uh, having that ability to have eye contact, glean what one can from the screen. Mm-hmm. But also I've recognized the weaknesses in that. And I think, you know, we talk about Zoom fatigue. I've actually on my podcast recently explored the concept of Zoom trauma. This this thing is not good for us because we're not getting the normal cues that we would get from our interactions. And so what we used to have was digital interactions as a backup 
and and there would be face to face at some stage. Now that's the primary means of communication, and that's changing things fundamentally. So from the perspective of the sort of work I'm doing with clients, it is much more focused on how do we deal with the challenges we've got in a digital environment and think about the challenges and the advantages, of course, that digital environments pose. So it's been, on the one hand, it's been a massive change. On the other hand, actually, I was moving in this direction anyway, and it's enabled me to take full advantage of some of the benefits. Hmm. And do you think more people are, are looking for counseling at a time like this? Or do you think that there's a sense from your client base that, that oh, it's freedom, hurrah, <laughs> running through the wildflowers, you know, with ID in their hair or whatever. So I, I would say, I think initially when, when this happened, and of course it happened for different people at different times, there was you know, very much a sort of shock piece. Uh, there was a shift. A lot of people kind of hunkered down, shifted away from some of the things that I was working with them on because they really wanted to just keep the show on the road. Um, what we've seen then, I think, is a shift back now as people realize that, you know, the, 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 the period of shock, we've got used to this a little bit. We're working out what it means and how we move forward. And so any senses of sort of, uh, you know, that this was temporary or that, you know, all the, the rules were unleashed and that people could do it, that's all been pulled back a little bit now. And I think people are starting to adjust to this norm. So I'm having slightly different conversations to the ones I was having a few months ago, but certainly people are now focusing, how do we do training? How do we think about our control environment? How do we manage these people? I think people are now curious as to what this new world is and what it will look like. We all know what working from home is. We probably recognize there's going to be an element of return to the physical environment. And so how does one manage that hybrid environment? How do you cope when, when you know, it's not everybody is in the office or not everybody's out of the office. There'll be this blend of pieces. And we're adjusting to that and getting used to it. So I think it's a fascinating time to be having the sorts of conversations I have with people. And uh, that leads me to my final question, really, which is what has this done for your business? I mean, are you busier or less so this year? So, uh, look, I think that the, the first thing to say from a from a sort of research perspective, this has been fascinating. I, I refer to COVID as the world's largest ever behavioral experiment. Because if we think about it, we're all subject to influence by governments. They're trying to get us to behave in a particular way. So it's a massive, massive compliance experiment. So I spent a lot of time looking at how governments are reacting to it, what they've done, what they've done well, uh, possibly in many cases what they've done not so well and what we can learn from that. And so it's been fascinating from a research perspective. I've also been shifting a lot of what I'm doing into, into digital space. So I've, you know, my a lot more opportunity to record podcast episodes, do a lot more videos, a lot more digital interaction and working out how I can engage with people on in using using that medium more effectively. Uh, in terms of client discussions, it went quiet for a while as people started to sort of realize, but it's now picking up hugely cool. as people recognize that, you know, there's a, there's a, they need to continue to go back to picking up some of the things that they weren't doing. So how do you think about things like conduct and ethics? And particularly where we've seen a shift and there's been many social trends that I think are hidden behind the scenes and that have, have sort of popped up. We think of Black Lives Matter as a good example of a trend that has emerged, you know, not directly as a result of coronavirus, but that sort of exposed it. We've had ethical discussions. We've got challenges with education and training. So there's a lot of topics here that play into the space that I'm looking at, and people are really engaging now on those on those pieces. So uh, I would say it's been busy both from me making sure that I've learned the maximum I can from this, but also in terms of what's picking up now and the sorts of conversations that clients are wanting to have with me. So yeah, no shortage of things to do. Yeah, great. Okay, fantastic. Uh, thanks so much, Christian, for chatting to me and, and the members. Uh, about your, uh, well, about behavioral issues. <laughs> and thank you all very much for listening. Look out for our next podcast, the details of which are in the regular CFA UK newsletter, 
or subscribe to CFA UK SoundCloud channel. You'll find out more at www.cfauk.org backslash podcast. Thanks again.